in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Jesus continued, There is a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out, a citizen of that country, who sent him to, the, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was lost, or it was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today to hear your words, may you speak ever so clearly in this moment to all of our hearts of who you are. And as we learn more about you today, may you encourage us to go and share what we've learned today with people that we encounter daily. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're wrapping up our series on Luke chapter 15. And if you're just now joining us in this series, it's okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of recap of what we've been talking about so far. The beginning of Luke 15, we find this short little scene of uh, the Pharisees mumbling about Jesus eating and fellowshipping with sinners. And in response to this, Jesus responds with three parables that we call the lost parables. 
the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Or some Bibles, when they have the little headings, will say lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. Some of them will say prodigal son. And, and in a response to these Pharisees, he first describes the shepherd and his 100 sheep. So the shepherd has 100 sheep, and when he's counting his flock, he notices that one's gone. And this one, he leaves all of the 99 to go and pursue this one. When he finds the one, he comes in, gathers all of his neighbors and friends, and celebrates. The next story that Jesus says, he continues on in the flow of the passage. He says, there's also this story of, of a woman who had 10 coins. And she had these 10 coins, and she finds that she only has nine. And so she's lost one. So she looks around everywhere. She carefully searches for this lost coin. And when she finds it, she calls her neighbors, and she celebrates. And then he gets to this third parable as a response to why he's eating with sinners. And the third parable is a bit longer. And even though we just read it, I want to go ahead and and kind of overview what happened. There's a father, and he had two sons. The younger son asked for the father for his inheritance, which by Jewish custom and law would only happen when the father would have died. So when the father would have died, it's part of the law of, law of Moses and the law of the land that when the father died, the older son would get two-thirds of the land of the estate, and then the younger son would get one-third because the sons had the right to the land. And so I want you to pay attention to the father because there's no reason that the father should ever have given the son any of the estate because the father was still alive. And so he has every right to deny his son the inheritance. He can say, well, it's by law that I have to die before you get that. And the father probably knew. If he's anything like my dad, my dad knew when I messed up. Before I knew that I messed up. So if he's anything like my father, he probably knew exactly what the younger son was planning to do with his share of the estate, with his share of the wealth that the father had worked for for all of his years. And so it, it would have been very easy for the father to look at his younger son and say, I'm not going to allow you to waste everything. Until the younger son would probably, I'm not going to waste it all. No, you are. I know you. You're going to waste it all. Just wait. Just wait till it's the right time. Wait till it's that time that I've passed on from here. Or you need to just have some more patience. Right? Younger son, I love you, but you've got to have some more patience with this. You're, you're low and mature right now. You need to gain some maturity, and you need to wait for the time to come for you to get the share of the estate. But we don't see that. He gives the share to the younger son. But he also gives it to the older son. Because it's also, if you're going to give it to the younger son, you have to give it to the oldest son. Because the oldest son has priority. And we know this because in Luke chapter 15, verse 12, he says, He divided his property between them. Plural. Them. He, he gave it to them. So now the father has given everything up to his sons. And now we have the story of the younger son and the older son and how they use their estate. The younger son, as we know, he goes and he squanders his wealth. 
he heads off to this distant country and, and participates in what the Bible uh, in our translation say is wild living, which you can use your imagination of what he used these funds for. But once he spends every penny that he has, he finds himself in the midst of a famine without food, without shelter, without anything. And now since he's spent all of his money on useless temporary things, he goes and, like most people, goes to try and find a job so that he can continue to survive. And he finds this job from a farmer to go and just feed the pigs. That's his job every day. Go and just feed the pigs. The problem is, is that this farmer doesn't compensate him very well at all. Doesn't really give him anything. So the son, even though he's working hard to make a living, he's still not able to live because he is constantly hungry. He's constantly thirsty. He likely doesn't have any shelter to the point to where he is so hungry, he's wanting what the pigs are having. And he has this moment where the scripture, and I love how they put it. I love how the NIV puts it. He came to his senses. That's something my dad would say to me. Came to your senses, right? This, this younger son came to his senses, and he starts thinking about how his father, how his father's servants, that they, they have food left over that they have shelter, that they never go hungry. And so he thinks, he has this moment, he's like, well, I know I can't come back as the son, but maybe I can come back, be hired by my father as one of his hired servants, and then I'll be taken care of. And so he sets out to come back to his father in hopes that his father would accept him back as a mere hired servant. On his way back, the father sees him from a long way off, runs to his son, which in that day and age, running was a disgrace. So he wouldn't go and just run everywhere. Um, I know the other day, this has nothing to do with anything, but I think it's funny. The other day, um, Thursday, I've been helping uh, my uncle, aunt and uncle coach soccer at, at Dixon. And right before I got, I got to practice early, no one else was there. And I was like, you know what? I've not ran in 10 years, well, not 10 years, but it's been a long time since I've run. I'm just going to see how good I still am. Yeah, I stopped very quickly. <laughs> I don't like to run. And so I would fit in very good with the culture because they don't run. It's, it's disgraceful to run. But this father, he's so excited that he runs to his son, hugs him and kisses him and celebrates with this big feast. And as the son is probably scrambling with his words of trying to say, you know, I, I, I know I was wrong and I just want to be a servant. I know I'm not going to be accepted back. And as he's stumbling over this, the father's like, all right, there's the best robe. There's all this jewelry. There's all these things. And you need to go and get ready. Put all these things on. Hey, where's the fatted calf? We're having steaks tonight. And so he he starts celebrating the return. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 24, the father gives the reason for this. He says, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now just hold on just a second. Did the father forget what the younger son had done? Because it, it kind of seems like it. 
You know, we don't know how long the younger son was actually gone. It could have been a few weeks. It could have been months. It could have been years. And so uh, it, it kind of makes you wonder, did the father maybe forget and he's just worried about his son and, and he forgot about what his son had actually done to him? But I don't think that's the case. But even then, I think some people in this room, if that was your son, you might think, I'm not going to enable him for what he's done. Because by celebrating him coming back from sin, maybe I'm also celebrating the sin. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to enable them to where they think, oh, well, if I just run away again and I come back, there's going to be this big celebration. Whenever I get, get bored around here, I'm just going to run away and then I'm going to come back and then people will celebrate my return. And so it's like maybe the father should have taken a little bit more discipline with it, a more disciplined approach. Maybe he should have maybe had him go and, and sit down in a chair and say, you know what? We're going to all celebrate, but you're just going to stay right there. You're going to watch us celebrate. This is what happens when you stay faithful to me. Where you, you just watch us celebrate. But he doesn't do that. He celebrates. He throws the biggest feast. The fatted calf was like the biggest thing that you could possibly do to celebrate. But the older son enters the story, and that's where most of us might relate with him more because we see the pain that the father probably experienced because of the sins of the world. If you turn on the news at any point, it won't take long. You'll see the evil that's happening in the world. And if you're a follower of Christ, you're probably going to feel bad. You're, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, man, like, it's, it hurts to see them treat my heavenly father like that. It hurts to see them go and waste everything. And this is what I think the older son is starting to get at. The younger son messed up. He did it to himself. So why should we celebrate what he's done? Why should we celebrate the things that he's done? Because what we often don't think about is the older son stayed with the father, so the older son saw the hurt of the father. Whereas the younger son was away from home. He didn't see how he hurt his father. The older son did. And so in this moment of confusion and of anger, we see the older son is out in the field. What's he doing? He's working. He's working for his father. He's doing exactly what he's been told. And as he comes near the house, he hears music and dancing. Now, I know we're General Baptist, and so we don't dance, but it's because we don't know how to. And so, I, but I can't imagine, well, I can because I've heard it in the Nazarene church when I went and visited Chloe and she was still a Nazarene. Now she's a Naz Baptist. But the, the Nazarenes, they, they're fine with dancing, unlike us. I don't know why that's a thing. Don't ask me for the theology. Ask someone else that's more smart than me. But, you know, just approaching a building and hearing dancing. How hard were they dancing? I mean, like, I don't think I could hear that outside. But, but he could hear the dancing. He could hear the music. And he calls one of the hired servants, and he says, what is going on in there? It sounds like the building's about to come down. They're raising the roof. Like, oh, what's happening? 
And he replies, well, your, your younger brother had come home and they're celebrating his return. And so, because we, we probably know that the older son saw the hurt that the younger son's actions did to the father. And out of his own confusion, because the older son had stayed loyal, he had done everything that the father had asked him, but he hadn't received anything. And so in all of this confusion, he becomes angry and he refuses to go in and celebrate. The father comes out and pleads with him, which I think is such a beautiful picture of grace on the other side of things. The father comes to the older son and he pleads with him. The, the older son, he answers his father after all the pleading and says, look, I've been slaving for you. I've done everything that you've asked me without any question. I've always done what you've called me to do, and I never got anything. But this son goes and does whatever he wants to. He comes back, and the moment that he's back, he gets celebrated. It, it becomes this huge celebration. Why? I think what he's asking is, why haven't I gotten something like that? Why haven't I been celebrated for being faithful and loyal to you? And I love the response of the Father. He says, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. You see, the loyal son forgot that everything that the Father had was already his. And so he had all of the fatted calves. He had all of the young goat, goats. He had all the animals that were on the farm. He had the entire estate because he was loyal. And so for them to celebrate, it was a celebration of their return. They have to celebrate. He's like, but listen, son, everything that I have is already yours because I've graciously given it to you. And just as the father graciously gave to both of his sons, God will give graciously to you too. In John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, it says, and whatever I, whatever, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And so what that verse tells us is that God is saying, everything that I have is yours. Anything you ask of me, I will do it as long as it gives glory to God. As long as it's within his will. And the closer you get to God, the more that you will understand his will. But everything that you ask, it will be yours. And so everything that he has is yours. And what I think Luke 15 does very well is illustrate this picture of humanity. That we are like wayward sheep. We're lost just like a coin. And we're rebellious like a son. Like sheep, we often wander away from God and all that he offers us as sheep. Like a coin, it's because of our sin that we were separated from God. And so we became lost just like a coin. And like the younger son, we're rebellious and we lean towards the desires of our flesh so that we often waste what the Lord has given us for our own glory and for our own passions and for our own desires. And we refuse to do what we should do. Like the older son, some of us are faithful and we've been faithful for years, but we've become so focused 
on what we're doing instead of who we're serving. That we become so focused on what we're doing for the Lord, and we're in this ministry, and we're doing this, and we're, we're part of this group, and we're, we're doing all of these things, and I'm giving this much, and I'm doing all of this, but we forget that it's about building our relationship with God. That's about serving the Lord instead of doing what we're actually doing for the Lord. And so I want you to take a moment and think that this next question is going to challenge you. When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time that you shared your testimony with an unbeliever? Was it yesterday? Was it last week? Last month? Have you shared the goodness of God this year? And what does that say about your concern for the lost? You see, our sin separated us in two main ways. We either run away from God and we live a worldly life on display for everyone that everyone knows that we're rebelling against God because of the evil that's in our life and the actions that we're committing. Or we lose our passion for the lost prodigal sons of the world. Either it's really obvious by our actions that we are rebelling against God and we're living a life full of sin, or we look and play the part of the follower but have no change in heart for the lost. See, the heart of the Father is revealed in Luke chapter 15. He desires for the lost to return to Him. And He will seek and search and wait patiently for the lost to be found for the lost to come and return to Him. And if we're followers of Christ, and if we're drawing closer to God, then that means we're also following Him to go and find the lost. Because if we're following the shepherd, we're going to go find the sheep. If we're uh, following the woman and the coin, we're looking with her. We're trying to find with her. If we aren't reaching the lost, then who are we actually following? Because if you're not following Christ, I wonder if we're actually, if you're following Christ, then you're also searching for the lost. And so what I want this, the rest of this year and, and for next year especially is our passion to reach the lost to be revived. Some of you have that passion and some of you may have lost that passion over time. But I want that passion to reach the lost to be revived in your own life. Because look at what the Father does. He pursues both. He loves both. He gave us all by giving up His only Son, Jesus. And He gave it all up so that we could find our way back to Him. See, I want you to see that our story of redemption, our story of coming back, our story of being saved, our story of finding life and life abundantly through Christ is all because of the love of God. His unconditional love for you is so much deeper than we can ever understand. So many times we focus on this story, and I've done it in the past when I've preached it. We focus on the prodigal son and how the prodigal son came back. But the main character is not the prodigal son. The main character is not the lost sheep. It's not the lost coin. It's all about the Father. It's about His love for you and me. It's not about how we were lost and were found. It's how while we were lost, while we were still sinners, Christ still came and He died for us. It's all about the love 
the Father has for you and me. And it's because of the love of God that He protects and He cares for us just like sheep. It's because of His love for us that even though we become lost at times, we still bear His image like a coin. And even though that we are rebellious like the younger son, it's because of His love, His deep, unconditional, eternal, and amazing love and grace that we are like His sons and daughters and we are loved like His very own sons and daughters. And so I want to invite you in these next moments that if you're lost, if you've strayed away, if you've lost your passion to reach the lost, if you found yourself distant from God and you've been trying to, and you've been struggling to find His presence in your life and you've been struggling to find where He is in your life and you can't seem to find your way back, I want you to know that we serve a God that is seeking you. We serve a God that is loving you. And, we want, and He wants you to know Him. He wants you to come back and He's given us all so that you can find your way back to Him. But it all starts with you denying yourself taking up your cross and following Him to the end of your days. But when you do that, you will be forever protected, ever cared for, and ever loved by the Creator of the universe. So I want to invite you that if that's you, if, you, if you've been struggling, if you even have a praise, you want, you want to praise God because today we're celebrating someone who is lost and now is being found. If you want to come to the front and you want, to, you want to take those physical steps to give God praise or to come to Him and say, Lord, I've been lost, I've strayed away, and I want to make my way back to You. If you're willing and able to come up, I encourage you to come up and decide to start following Him today for the first time in your life or the first time in a long time in your life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that you've given us. Lord, we're so grateful that you are who you are, that you love us so deeply, that even though we are lost, even though we stray away from you, even though that we are rebellious against you at times, that you love us enough to always come back to find us. And you patiently wait for us to come back to you. Lord, I pray in this room today and watching online that you invite us back into a deeper relationship with you. That while some of us are lost, maybe all of us are lost, that you invite us to come back to you. Lord, we give you all of the glory and the praise for everything that you've done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.